Oh, hey there, Kate. Oh, hi, Ryan. How are you doing? I'm good. I just finished teaching class. <gasps> oh, what I wouldn't give to be there. It was a I, weird one today. It was a, a weird one today. 10 o'clock Saturday? <laughs> it was strange. <laughs> Why? What did you do? Um, uh, well, uh, I don't have my notebook with me. Um, it's in the other room. Uh, there, there was uh, a good... 40 minutes of meditation in pranayama because I that how long is the freaking class 90 minutes <laughs> and then we spent um like a good long time just like standing on one block and letting the leg hang I love that I love that and then for whatever reason I've been doing this all week where I go from that and then I uh tip like towards Ardha Chandrasana and like engage as much as I can and then come back down and let the leg go, limp. go release again. And yeah, so I did, did that. And then I'm pretty sure we just did, I don't know how this, the class was, it, 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 my recollection is then we did side angle pose and then we did pyramid pose and then we, did down dog and then did legs up the wall. <laughs> like that was just like, I don't know how that made up 90 minutes, but it all made sense as I was going through it. Oh, when you teach it, I know mind. how it makes up 90 minutes. That's <laughs> awesome. That sounds like but a lovely it was, class. It was, it was strange. Uh, and, but it was, it was a lovely, lovely group of people that I know very well. So uh, that, that was delightful. Um, uh, I see, uh, you are now pumping. Uh, you can't see anything except. I know I can you? see the little like no. mechanical, I can like, I can see that there's something happening. <laughs> yeah. This is called triple feeding. We've talked about triple feeding. Yeah. No, we haven't. This is, this is not a term that I've heard. Triple feeding refers to, uh, when you breastfeed and then supplement with formula and then you have to pump right after and the pump right after is to maintain your supply and to send basically an email to your body that you want more milk production, oh. you know? Um, but I also give her a bottle of breast milk every morning cause I have, um, it's like a thing you do when you have low supply but it just eats away your entire day. Yeah. And I'm sort of having like a, there are times where I'm pumping. So I basically end up pumping about eight times a day oh, and shit. it's intense. It's Ryan, Ryan, we're, we're in, uh, what's the word? We're, we're in the, uh, we're in the arena now. We're in the Thunderdome. My, <laughs> <laughs> My point is that, uh, well, it, you know, there are times where I come, it comes time to pump and I want to just hold her or play with her, or do anything, else, literally anything else, but, but pump. But I'm like, oh my God, if you start giving up pump sessions, your supply can drop. Yeah. And I'm like hanging on for dear life to the supply that I do have. Um, so, you know, I just, I'm trying to think of the weirdest places I've pumped recently. Oh, this is a fun game. At a wedding. Oh, sure. I, uh, I, I, I don't actually feel like that's too super weird. 
for whatever it's, reason. It's not that weird, yeah. I think a lot of people pump at a wedding. Um, at any given time, you can go into a public bathroom and there's probably a woman pumping um, at a wedding. And anyways, it's not important. It's just um, I've also been reflecting on the chemical. Like every time you're either breastfeeding or pumping, it's releasing. Um, I forget if it's it's not oxytocin. Um, dopamine is that it it releases something that like is like sort of a feel-good thing but like makes you a little spacey so i've basically been like walking around <laughs> like with holes in my brain <laughs> like when you asked me what what we used to record <laughs> I, couldn't, I was staring at the computer and i'm like what is it what because i couldn't see the little icon for skype ryan i couldn't see the icon and I couldn't remember what it was called. And I know we have other, you know, sometimes we have Zoom and other ones. Yes. And all have fucking pithy little onomatopoetic names. Yes, they do. They must. They must. Um, so are you, uh, are you excited uh, for Monday? I'm like, what did I do? <laughs> 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 I am. I spent this morning, um, I got blown off by a coworker. I was supposed um, to have a meeting with Matthew, that rat bastard. No, I'm just kidding. He he really needed to sleep. But I uh, ended up finishing my playlist, which was step one of walking back into the classroom. For me, at least, it's like I feel like I can walk into a classroom, and if if I have like it, it's the music I've been listening to for the last three months. I feel like so. It's I don't know. I, I don't know. I'm very nervous. I'm weirdly nervous about it. I'm nervous that nobody's going to be there. I'm nervous that people are going to be like, why did I think I liked her as a teacher? She's a mess. <laughs> and then there's also a part of me that's like, like, I know I've gotten, I know I look different. And I, I think there's part of me that's like, oh, Hey man, this is my game. This is my body acceptance game. Now yeah. I gotta, now I gotta play it. I gotta live by it. Yeah. You know, and I'm, I'm walking in with a different body. Uh, and you know, it's just trusting that it doesn't fucking matter because it doesn't. It doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't. It doesn't. I just energetically it's still walking into a yoga studio as a as a fatter lady fatter mm. than i was before i always walk in as a fat lady but now i'm walking in as a fatter lady and it's good you know it's good to walk in in all kinds of drag it's true <sighs> um, um yeah so is that the that's the only class you're starting back with yeah yeah i'm gonna take back the saturday next the Saturday early morning, that one. Yeah, I had yeah, a Saturday yeah. morning class. And um, once once I teach this class for maybe a week or two, I'll probably just put that date on the – because I'm not 100% sure which Saturday I'll take it back. But I'm going to see how it feels in my schedule and in my life to do one. And then I am really kind of dragging it out a little bit. I mean, probably more than – But what's uh, – more than what, though? See, this is the luxury of the fact that I worked 
two full-time jobs before is I'm not panicked to take a whole bunch of classes back because now sure. I'm like, yeah, there's not a, there's not one. Full-time. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and not quite full-time, but like now I'm just, I'm, I'm trying to make, not make the same mistakes I was making, uh, before yeah. I had Frankie, which was just working way too fucking much. Um, so I'll take back the Saturday and then I'll come back for the Wednesday and then yeah. I've got the Thursday and Friday to figure out as well. But, but in I, that order, I don't think Saturday there's, and Wednesday. I don't think there's any, I don't know. I don't think there's any rush to any of that. Well, I talked to Meg, brilliant Meg, who was like, she's like, I, she's like, don't rush back, you know, out of fear that people don't remember who you are and you're going to lose all your students. And I was like, oh, because that was kind of was part of the yeah, fire. Yeah, yeah. It was like, like nobody's going to remember who I am and all the work I did to build that class is going to go out yeah. the window. But, you know, if it's going to go out the window, I don't, that's fine. I'll figure, I'll yeah, try to build figure, it. figure it out. Um, I Maybe. also don't, um, I don't know. It you don't want to be teaching classes just because you feel like you're supposed to, right? Like if you don't, you don't actually uh, feel inspired to teach. Like jumping back in to you know a huge schedule is going to make all of the classes very very painful to teach. Absolutely, I totally agree. I feel like like you owe it to students to like, I think when we teach out of obligation and we, when we have like tent pole classes that, that we're like joyful about and really excited and sort of energetically walk in yeah, with different packages, that's one thing. And then, you know, you often have a couple of classes on your schedule that you're like, eh, eh. yeah. and I, and I, I'm lucky right now that I don't have, I don't have to come back to that. Eh. Yeah classes and and I honestly don't know what those ones are I don't remember so I'm trying to, this experiment of yeah. like slow decision making <laughs> and thankfully Gabby who is the teacher manager at de facto Yogurt, everything manager from the, from the last much. time I talked to her <laughs> yeah so she's been very um supportive of figuring out how to keep the classes covered while I yeah yeah while I inch inchworm back in, I don't know. I I feel like it, for you to do your job, job your your full time job, and to do Monday, Wednesday, Saturday morning, that, and you know, have a daughter. <laughs> that that's sounds like the the right list of priorities it's still pretty robust too it's still yeah especially like those those gigs. those classes specifically because it's monday wednesday 6 p.m which are busy and saturday early which is busy um so it's not like you know it's it's not like those aren't aren't classes that are uh fun to teach because I've been to that Saturday morning class. It's such a fun, 
fun group of people who show up for that is, that eight thirty. It is a unique, yeah. Um, and the, I've taught the Monday, Wednesday, six o'clock classes for years, and and those are great groups of people who show up to those classes. So uh, I'm thinking about having the classes face inward when I go back. Like, oh, I get like to make a new decision. Going back to the going back to my way. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. You had them face inward. What do you think about, like, uh, you know, is that, what's the origin of that? That's I just mean, always how every yoga class I went to faced inward. It's sort of like an Anus, is it, Anusara does that a lot too, don't they? Uh, no, I just think that that was a thing going around the yoga culture at one, at one point. It was really actually practical more than anything else. It, just that if, if the teacher is, like the space for the teacher to sort of be in demo is like in the middle of the room, everybody looking in. Um, there's also then sort of two or th two like back rows. So like if people, I don't know, like it just gives people a different vantage point. Also, I like to be able to see from the side. Like if I'm just seated and teaching, Oh, I'm at the front saying. of the room and people are doing like a standing pose where they're oriented sagitally. I don't, I can't get a whole lot of visual information looking yeah, have to get down. Up I have to get up and go to the other side, which is what I end up doing. Like I usually, like at the end of every class, there always ends up being a block on one side of the room and a block on the other where I have like perched Planted. <laughs> for yeah. a second. Um, so this is interesting. Um, and that room I, is that room is ideal for it, the front room. Uh, like Bow Street is not ideal for that. So here's the downsides of this arrangement: people who are looking in front of them for visual cues often screw up right and left because they're looking at people going the opposite direction. You know what I mean? So like, you know, during I, a, I haven't actually. That was never. You would think that would be a, a thing that would happen. Um, uh. It it really wasn't with regularity. I, I never really had that that issue. Um, uh, but I but also, is it going to screw? I mean, I switched people facing front when I took over that class. Is it an energetic slap in the face to walk into a class that's like been facing front now for no. a long time, and to be like, "Hey, as an experiment, we're going to try this." I, uh, you know, the other reason that, like, that, that they gave at, uh, at Ohm for facing in, uh, was that you actually have to, like, look at somebody. Like, there's and other the people in this room, like, relate to them. <laughs> like. Share space with them. Yeah. You know, it was, it was much more of a, um. Community you know, it, and it and it's like you can't exactly in every room with a big class like a circle isn't really an efficient use of space uh, and can that can make left and right really fucking confusing for people in the <laughs> in the circle so it's it's not the most practical uh, way to be in in an asana class but uh, the sort of. Um, having everybody face in or having sort of like a, almost like an, um, like at Asana uh, in Charlestown, sometimes I have people, it's kind of like a C. So I have like people facing forward along the long end 
of the room and then the people on the sides face in um, so that there is a quasi circular effect. Um, and, uh, and then sometimes I just let people set like at, at Asana, sometimes people just set up their mats in weird, weird ways. And I just let them do it. And I let the mat placement be mildly chaotic just as an experiment. I did that yesterday. People were turned in all sorts of weird ways. And I was just like, okay. At the gym I taught at, that would happen. Like I would, and I started, don't cringe, but I started having to say to people, okay, if you're brand new to yoga, and this was a hip hop yoga class, okay? Hip hop yoga class. If you're brand new to yoga, take your mat to the middle row or the back row and make sure that you've got, you know, a couple people in front of you you can see. Because this is a 50-minute long class with loud music wherein I will not demo anything. <laughs> and almost invariably, somebody would set up. At, so we'd all be facing forward. Someone would set up at the front facing the side. Like they were demoing and they would have like socks on and be brand new to yoga. <laughs> and I'd have to go over and be like, what the fuck are you doing? Like I would, of course, not say that, but like... <sighs> and, um, uh, you know, a couple times it was like someone from Russia that spoke perfect English, but was like, I just, this is a good spot. You can, like, they would have, they would just, it was almost like, conf- <laughs> they, they, they said, and I was like, I was like, so you can slide it. Can I slide it back a little bit so you can see what's going on? And they were like, no, look, there's tons of space here. I, I know, but there's not. A, there's not. There's not there's space not. there. Um, or it was people that were like, yeah, but in the Pilates class in this room, in the bar pump turbo vaginal lift class I take here, we face this way, so I'm just going to do that irregardless of what you say. What, what was the name of that class? Did I just say irregardless? Don't, shut up. What it. was the name of that class? The bar pump... <laughs> vaginal lift class is, is that what you're is are you teaching that now at, at HealthWorks? No, is that is that <laughs> that is not the class i will be offering um i will you know if, if there's one thing i would thank yoga for throughout pregnancy and childbirth it would be that i can still make a good fist with my vagina <laughs> <laughs> and my uh my lady who does the uh, check-in afterwards. I mean, literally everything else is a mess, but <laughs> Nick just walked in the room and is like, don't you dare. <laughs> it's fine. Okay, I won't talk about it. Walk away. All right, so during the final exam. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but, you know, to spare the details, the, the point is it was one place where I felt like I had, I still had good mind-body connection. Sure. Like everything else, I think that mind-body connection got snipped. Snipped. It just got. Also, like the way I approach prenatal yoga is very Kegel-centric. Sure. Like I, I am almost teaching the class exclusively from the pelvic floor. That's fair. Um, so I think that that helped how I thought about that space. That space. I can't believe Nick just walked in. <laughs> Like, just figured out that I do a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh, that's fun. Because he, you know, he never used to hear. Yeah, yeah. Our our rantings and ravings. Yeah, but now he's like, wait a minute. <laughs> wait a second. What are you saying to the world? <laughs> wait a minute. People, there's a couple of people that listen to that, huh? <laughs> that's right. <sighs> um. So uh, I. How are you there? Huh? Yeah. How's your? How are you doing? Uh, I am exhausted. Oh. But not not like in a bad way. Just like yeah, it seems like it, a happy, glowy it, exhausted. It's, it's ex- but it, it's exhaustion. <laughs> <laughs> That's like I, I set my alarm this morning and I got up to practice, and then like I remember getting onto my mat. Like I remember like rolling onto my mat, and then. So I woke up like at nine fifteen and was back in my bed. <laughs> oh my god! How did you get there? I have no idea. <laughs> and I like was in bed by I was in bed at like ten the night before. Like it wasn't like I was out partying. How much sleep do you think you get? Um, on average. I think I probably get like six. Like on average, I would pro- probably say I get like around seven. That's not bad. No, I don't know. Um, but it how is. How much do you think you need? How much do I think I need? Yeah. Uh, I think it very much depends on what I am involved in. Like, I, I just added twenty hours of teaching to my schedule. A week. Yeah, through Thanksgiving, it's twenty hours a week. Good God. Yeah. And then it'll go down to 10. And then at the end of the semester, it'll be zero. So, um, though I did find out that because of some weird academic schedule thing, like they next Tuesday, instead of a full day of teaching, uh, they like switch it so that Tuesday is the Friday schedule. So I do get like a full day off next Tuesday. Okay. I cried a little bit when I figured that out. <laughs> Good God. Um, but it is, I mean, it, it's a lot of fun. It, the kids are great. Um, and uh, uh, it is a very interesting challenge to not, um, like, there's no props other than mats. Um, I found, like, a stack of chairs in the closet that I've been using uh, because it's just kind of pointless to have them do meditation seated on the floor because of the, the amount of time that we can actually sit for is so limited because people get so uncomfortable so quickly. Uh, and um, there's moderately limited wall space as well because um, there are mirrors uh, on the, on two of the, two of the walls and a whiteboard on the, on the front. Um, so it's been really, really interesting to have to teach. Uh, and there are some people with like really, uh, that, that really, uh, could benefit from the standard yoga props. Um, uh, that, uh, it, it, it's been a fun, fun exercise in improvisation. 
Yeah, seriously, I'd be so I, I you know I get so uneasy when I'm like when someone's like teach a yoga class with just mats or no mats because yeah. I am so reliant on queuing blocks. Yeah, no, it it it's very interesting. Um, it is probably. Uh, If someone were to like, if someone if someone were to take the class, they would probably think it was the most boring boring yoga class ever. Um, but I am like, I am slowly building in more and more asana work. But like, my my point of view is is sort of that they can go learn how to do asana anywhere. Like the thing that I can attempt to teach is some sort of process for practice and the things that they're not the skills that they're not necessarily going to pick up elsewhere uh, or by going to just a regular yoga class is meditation and pranayama so there's there's a much uh, there's a fairly large emphasis on that and in the asana more of an emphasis on well, you have choices about how to do this. It's not like if I can teach them a few a few forms and teach them that they can modify and adapt to those forms, then hopefully that serves as a template for if they go and have more of a relationship with with the Austin practice. Um, what happened with the lady that uh, slept in the back? How's she doing? Is she getting better? Oh yeah, she's she's good. She's she's. Uh, she was back and um, uh, I don't even remember which day day it was, but I like I actually didn't recognize her until she like said her name for attendance purposes. I was like, "Oh, you were the one who was like dying in the back of the room." Oh. <laughs> it's like, "Oh, you... okay, this is what you look like now <laughs> as a healthy human being." <laughs> oh my gosh! Um, so uh, yeah, but it's been really it's been really great. Uh, and I don't know, it really has me thinking a lot about how how yoga is presented. Um, and how I think we all are biased to a sort of approach of uh, being thrown into the deep end and having to figure it out. Um, and I just don't know about that. Like maybe we, maybe it's time to move beyond that. Like struggle through a class with, you know, a million chaturangas and, you know, the entry point being this very vigorous vinyasa flow for most people. And then you just sort of figure it out from an accumulation of taking classes and essentially hurting yourself like when I think about my process of learning yoga it was it's actually very pain centric Uh, you string together a collection of injuries that taught you how to yes that taught me how to practice (laughs) I'm just like a charm bracelet really yes I was just like I'm not not really sure that that um, I mean of course pain can be a very interesting 
uh, teacher, but some of those injuries, not all of them, some of them were assuredly, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Avoidable? Uh, well, yes, but, uh, 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 why can't I think of the word? Uh, made, made worse. Exacerbated. Exacerbated. Thank you. Um, uh, by the practice of yoga in a, in a vinyasa type style or at what we know as vinyasa type style. Um, and, uh, you know, of course, like everyone's got to figure it out for themselves. Like it's nobody's fault. Uh, this is a very immature practice in an immature culture. Um, uh, and when I say that, I don't mean that to be pejorative. I just mean that as the reality. Okay. Sorry, I thought I heard a Nick's in the <clears throat> um, an immature practice. Yeah. Well, it's the kind of thing where it's as immature as any other group exercise. Sure. Sure. Absolutely. You know, and those are also riddled with injuries. Like I think yeah. about um, step aerobics, which. I just want to see how many people I can make angry now. It's roughly the same age as North American yoga. <laughs> let that let that drop in for a second. Reebok step aerobics. Yeah. Is roughly the same age as the contemporary interpretation of North American vinyasa. Yeah. One more time. Reebok <laughs> step aerobics. Um, and uh, no, of course, you know, some of the asana are far older and the philosophy is far older and a lot of the gestures we're making are pointing to something that is far older, but the way we actually approach a class is yeah, it's roughly the same age as uh, Reebok uh, brand step aerobics. Yep. And there's, I mean... I don't know. There's. I go back and forth because there is this, like we were talking about with yoga, yoga therapy, and I was sort of thinking, thinking about this, um, that another interesting thing about the movement towards a yoga therapy profession is that, uh, but also on the on, in the more fitness realm as well, there's this like move towards. Uh, yoga is a uh, feel-good endeavor. And, you know, I, I would say that for the most part, when I finish practicing yoga, I experience some, some form of relief from some, in, in some aspect of my experience when I practice yoga whether that's uh, a sense of relaxation or a sense of pain relief or a sense of uh, just uh, uh, relief from anxiety or stress, you know, I, I feel some benefit, but the practice is difficult physically, mentally, emotionally, 
spiritually, it's, it's difficult. Like you're becoming familiar with yourself and that isn't always pleasant. And there's nothing wrong with it not being pleasant. And so sometimes practice is really frustrating. And I think you know, anyone who tells you otherwise is selling something. Right? <laughs> yes. Yes, because even the most sweat-free forms of yoga are difficult. Yeah. Even if it's just... Or can be. Can be. I mean, and, and it do, difficult doesn't need necessarily mean physically challenging. Difficult doesn't necessarily... You know, it, it could be difficult on many, many, many different layers, but... Um, Although I feel like I've taken classes where I have not experienced difficulty. Sure, you know what I mean? sure, like sure. Like I've taken classes that you know you just sail through with joy and with joy and ease. Absolutely. Joy and ease. Joy and ease. Joy and ease. Fair. <laughs> but but I but I feel like that actually is part of the difficulty because then there's the klesha of wanting more of that always. So you just start taking those kind of... No, you would, it's not even about the kind of class, but like if, if you get attached to that expectation of joy, uh, that is... Um, An interesting thing. Yeah, yeah. Like an expectation of a result. Yes. The end of yes. an experience. The expectation of a delivered result. Yes. Whether that's fitness or the hum and buzz of GABA antagonist receptors. Yeah. The Facebook thing going around about the efficacy of yoga and... Um, depression and anxiety relief and just expecting the delivery of a product after practice at all. Yeah. Almost. And, and a lot of times, you know, there is a consistency to whatever that delivery system is. And so you can get attached. You can start to set a clock to the result you'll experience. But like anything biological, not always. Yeah. Well, it's also the um, confusion of of the what the actual. I think there's a big confusion as to what the actual uh, active ingredient of the practice actually is. Oh, isn't that interesting? Yeah, what what are the functioning? What are the the active ingredient that's really good? Like the active ingredient isn't warrior one. Like that's a that's a tool and a strategy and a form that we utilize, but I feel like the active ingredient is more the purposeful placement and cycling of attention and then attempting to understand what we feel when we 
cycle our attention through to various body parts, to various aspects of our experience. And, you know, doing that in a continual way, you might, you might be able to draw some conclusions about what's going on in the body, but that I'm talking about like decades of practice, not, not 90 minutes of practice. A decades. Huh? Why decades? Well, because I know people who have been practicing for decades and they're, you know, four plus decades to be exact. Uh, and they are in a mode of like kind of just now having some sense of what, what's going on. So, so, but which is not to say that you have to have a, a fixated sense of what's going on when you practice yoga, uh, but you do have to be comfortable with your own ignorance around it. Because half the time, the things that I, I do that help me to relieve whatever suffering uh, is going on on a given day, like I, I couldn't tell you with any certainty why that what I did relates to a feeling of relief because sometimes it, it, it doesn't seem to make much sense. Huh. I don't know if I've experienced. I always feel like I, I don't mean this in like a arrogant way, but I always, that's not something I relate with. Which part? I don't know. I always just feel like I have a clue as to why. Uh, okay, so sometimes when I investigate that clue, I very quickly get to, oh, well, maybe that, maybe that isn't it. I don't actually know. Like, I have a clue. I have a guess. Oh, and I'm usually satisfied with a guess, I guess. Yes. I'm like, well, I'll feel like that. So. <laughs> so I stop there. I'm like, that's yeah. good enough. That feels right. <laughs> And you're like, well, no, no, no. I want more. Yeah. Well, I want Where's my Bunsen burner? <laughs> Beaker? <laughs> yeah. When, I mean, I just think at some point you can never be satisfied with surety. There's no surety. Yes, that's true. There's no, there's no grasping to certainty is not great, but I do think the continual striving to be accurate about what you're doing and what you're experiencing, um, how you're processing, uh, is a worthwhile endeavor. Um, as long as it doesn't create a cycle of like, um, navel gazing. Um, no, I was gonna, uh, as long as it doesn't create a cycle of sort of, uh, self punishment. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Um, 
which is also a tendency when I uh, come up against. Uh, it's like what's interesting to me is is coming up against confusion. And what happens in the moment of coming up against confusion? Whether you can be accurate about what you're confused about and relax with that, or whether you panic with that, or whether you, whatever, whatever the experience is. Like that's, that's very interesting to me. Why do you think you're drawn to that corner the way you are currently? Um, I'm not sure. Part of it is watching my teacher in a process of attempting to write down the way that he practices and watching that evolution. So there's a emulation of that process. But the other part of it is recognizing the the sort of habit within me to ha have an urge to to like know everything that I could possibly know and actually really being grateful and appreciative of that urge but also realizing that sometimes it can um lead to sometimes it can lead to like a, a, a sense of panic when I come up against something that I, you know, like I remember one of the first times I was in my teacher's office, I just got asked like a series of questions and I remember the more detailed they got and the harder I was to come up with an answer, like I could feel my whole system like, and then finally I was like, ah, I don't, I don't fucking know. <laughs> and Tom was kind of like, okay, good. Great. Because there's no way, like, I don't know, if that's what my mind is constantly engaged is the acquisition of knowledge as opposed to inquiry. That, I don't know, that, that's just very interesting to me.
because our whole education system is based on acquisition of knowledge and uh, a premature urge to draw conclusions. Um, and like, it actually just, it, it's a longer timeline than that. You know, and it's sister city is the acquisition of shapes and the acquisition yes, of, yes, yes. Well, actually, you don't really even need that many forms to engage in an asana practice in an effective way. Like, you really, really don't. Um, I don't know if I said this on the last podcast, but I was, like, I think part of the course that I teach is some final exam in which they have to go and, like, practice for 90 minutes on their own. And I just thought to myself, like, I know people who have been practicing for years and they would be hard pressed to, to practice on their own for 90 minutes unguided. And like, that's okay. But like in, in one semester, like I don't expect them to be able to do that. I, I want them to be able to practice on their own, but I actually don't care how long they practice for because that's not the period of time, isn't they? Isn't the because then they then they have an expectation about what practice is supposed to be, as opposed to oh, I've got ten minutes. Let me be pra let me practice and actually be intentional about what I'm going to practice, even if what I'm going to practice is just calming myself down. So can I take this conversation um, down into the gutter? Yeah, get it. <laughs> so I'm not on Facebook as much as I used to be, um, which has been lovely. But, you know, once in a while I peek my head in to share a... A, uh, a clip or two. Well, mostly I'm sharing like, and I, and I vowed I would never become this because there's always a part of me that when people had kids and then all of a sudden it's not that they started posting more, but all, everything they posted was about their kids. Yeah. And I was always like, yeah, but you're still a person. I want to hear about you. And now I totally get that. Yeah. There is no you just for a little bit, you yeah. know, for like for a period of time, self abnegation. Uh, it takes the wheel and yeah. <laughs> you are, you know, all your energy is focused on somebody else. And so you're going to share fucking pictures of it. So yeah. for those of you out there without kids that are like judging the sharing pictures of your baby, cut the shit. And I'm talking to myself like 10 minutes ago too, you okay. know, cause I, like, I silently was like, come on now. I want to see a picture of like anything, but your child, like your child's awesome. But I, I like what's going on with you. I'm not Facebook friends with your fucking infant. And Facebook friends with you, you know, yeah. but you know, from now, from my thing, I'm like, you don't understand. That's what you're doing. Yeah. That's what you're living, eating, breathing 24 seven in the beginning. And at some point in time, you know, like I think my Facebook presence will be different again Yes. for right now. It's uh collage pictures of Frankie and I do collages so that I don't do 3000 posts. You know what I mean? That's sort of my take it's like if i make a collage i can take a couple of my favorite pictures and just do one post 
so that I don't baby spam people. Yeah. Is that working? Is that a good approach? Yeah. I don't, that I don't was more actually, of a question mark. I don't actually have that response to baby pictures. Like what when you have a friend that all of a sudden like used to post articles and funny things and talk to their life and then all of a sudden it's baby picture, baby picture, baby picture. Yeah, no, I don't. I think there are so many other things on Facebook that are cringeworthy that that has like so slid out of my mind as something to be. <laughs> I don't know. I think I, I definitely noticed it and was like. I also don't have a ton of friends who have kids. So maybe it's just a volume well, also, it was never, I never had that response to my friends who were doing it. I oh, had it oh, like okay. those acquaintances that yeah. you're like friend, Facebook friends with, but you maybe knew them from college and haven't seen them in 10 years. And you're like, oh, great, here we go. But like when it's like a close friend, I'd always be like, oh, I want to see how their little baby's doing. So maybe I have a flawed premise here. But um, why was I talking about this? Oh, I was taking us into the gutter. Anyways, I'm not on Facebook much. I'm on, I share a couple pictures of Frankie you know, yeah. and then I back into the mist but um <laughs> I, I i saw a post from a teacher the other day that was um this teacher teaches primarily vinyasa and uh i think they were asked to sub a slow flow class okay and they were surprised at how much they enjoyed it. And the post was to the effect of, I don't think I knew what I was doing, but I really loved it, and it really spoke to me. And that was the post. And I, um, my response was, in you know, my private response was, I want to say something. I really want to engage in a conversation about this public thought that this teacher had. And it would have been something to the effect of, well, why are you teaching something you don't practice, even if you're subbing? And B, oh, you enjoyed teaching it, but are you going to practice it? Do you know what I mean? Like, is this just like, wow, I, I didn't realize how much I enjoyed teaching bar. <laughs> It felt condescending to me, and I'm very protective of the of the um, of the idea. And, and this is my shit. This is totally my shit. But like, when teachers that like are gunning for athletic yoga and are doing vinyasa, and that's wonderful. I love practicing that way too. And and I teach a class one one class a week that's like that, that's dedicated to that side of my chimera. You know, like I I I get it, yeah. but. A post that is also used as your professional page that is like, I don't have experience with this. I don't really practice this, but gosh, I enjoyed teaching it is so problematic to me. But I mean, so, okay. So this, this whole vinyasa versus slow flow thing, I feel like has just been like, okay, so anybody who doesn't fit, Yes. We're just going to call it slow flow. Like, I, I just I don't know what that means. Like, it, it has a certain connotation to me because that's what Barbara used to call her classes. Um, so, and and I think still at, at, at Down Under, you know, 
a lot of the people who teach those classes are Barbara's students. But also it, it is still kind of like a catch-all for anybody yes. who's like not Iyengar, not Ashtanga, not vigorous. Not hot flow. clothes vinyasa. Uh, and, and I've seen this, and I've seen this at like lots of lots of studios where where it just becomes the catch all, and I, I just don't. I, I mean, I agree with you. Well, that was part of why I was pissed. I was like, "Well, what does that mean? What did yeah. you do differently that that sat so well with you?" Yeah. Like there was there wasn't more information in the post as to why they liked it, so that leads me to believe that they felt freed up. Yeah, simply okay. by walking into the room that was with a class that was called slow flow, because there is no fucking universal slow flow. Slow flow, like you said, is this sort of catch all for like the land of misfit toys. Yeah, teachers, land of misfit toy teachers teach slow flow. I'm actually curious to see what the what. Uh, Jay's classes are called at the new place that he's teaching. Because he would up? be, he would be so, he like that, like I, when I think of people who would be like glommed into that, it would be like you, me, Jay, like <laughs> anybody who's not doesn't feel. Uh, well, I just anything that doesn't fit into this this weird box that that has been um, uh, created for, well, it was basically power yoga. Like it was called power yoga and then it shifted to vinyasa. But before that, vinyasa had a very different meaning from, you know, not even the literal meaning of the word, but the, the actual people who were teaching it. Like what we think of as vinyasa for the most part is is an outcropping of both the baptiste power yoga and the brian kess power yoga from the west coast um what did you find uh hold on i'm i'm, I'm trying i'm trying i'm trying the interwebs move slow uh I don't know. I, I, and while you're looking that up, I, I guess I have what I have to contend with is this a little bit of anger or frustration um, that and this is a pro problematic thought I'm having too. It's it's this uh, you know I'm going th I'm going through a struggle a little bit with um, the studio I t I'm about to return to teach to. And, um, it is called Slow Flow. It's Slow Flow? <laughs> it's Slow Flow. Yeah. <laughs> it's Slow Flow. It's Slow Flow. <laughs> I, I'm going through a little bit of a struggle because the way Lynn ran the ship was uh, protective of, in some ways, of the sublist. And 
I really think. Oh, meaning that we, we had a little bit of oversight as to like who was. Who was subbing, who taught there. There wasn't like a yeah. sub list of people that don't teach there that came in yes. that you'd never heard yeah, of. Yeah. You know, so it was protective of community in a way. Yeah. It protected the community of teachers and expectations and provided a continuity of, of teaching that uh, is, I think, almost the heart of what made the studio the studio. Yes. And I, I really believe a lot of uh, uh, studios, their biggest mistake that they make is having a sub list that is full of people uh, that uh, teachers that the students don't know that aren't part of the community and that yeah. just walk in. And when people, when, you know, the quote unquote regular teachers on the list start subbing a lot and you start getting that there's like, it just gets muddy. Yes. And, I, and uh, you know, the yoga works has to do that now because they're expanding. Yeah. So there isn't the staff or the energy or the capacity or the budget to maintain that sort of closed yeah. circuit uh, community and now what we have is a lot of a lot of new teachers. Yes. And I think the place that I I got I get frustrated when I then see posts like that is like, oh, so people can learn how to teach um really publicly. Like <laughs> I, the other thing is I think it's 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 breathtaking. Like I to say, I don't know how to do this. Come check out my class where I learn how to do this. Like there's part of me that's old fashioned. It's like, if you don't know how to do it, don't let people know. <laughs> you know what I mean? Don't. Well, I mean, there's a, okay. So there's, there's Otherwise, like two like, sides whatever. to that. You know, there, but it's like, that's there, a downtown Boston studio. That's yeah. supposed to be like a, a place where you go from experienced teachers. And yes. when you publicly say, I don't fucking know in so yeah. many words. But, but there, there is it. a there is a power though in admitting, like once someone has experience, and they see an ex, like, so for instance, uh, I and uh, when I, I've been taking Fez's course here, routinely we're like, so this is material that we we actually don't know how to teach in a group setting because we learned it one-to-one -one. totally different but yes yeah. but but so totally it's different. yeah yeah but but we are we are in fact practicing that material it's just that we're not <laughs> necessarily like this is the first time that we might be communicating it so i think it would be, it's different it's the yeah, equivalent yeah. of me going in and being like hey you know what i just taught ryan and the internet I just taught a inversions class. <laughs> you know what I really did? I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed teaching inversions. No, not Viparita Karani. Like straight up Pincha yeah. and 80,000 variations. I got students in and out of it safely, even though it's not part of my practice and I don't really understand how to teach it. Yeah. Now, who am I to say it's not part of this person's practice? I don't know. That's the other piece. Yeah. Like, that's pretty ballsy of me to know what somebody's practice. I don't. I just have my suspicions. My, <laughs> but also, my sense is that uh, people don't have a great idea, especially people who are who are teaching, don't have a great idea about how to practice. 
because I don't think this, the format, the culturally agreed upon format of a yoga class, um, is a great way to learn how to practice yoga. It's a decent way to learn vocabulary, but it's not a great way to learn how to practice yoga. Maybe it's not a decent way to learn vocabulary. It will get you familiar with a lot of vocabulary. Vocabulary meaning form and technique. I think it's a great place to learn a lot of different things. I think in public classes, there's a lot. Yeah, I just, it, it, in a, it gets harder to teach a process for practice the more people that are in the room. I don't know that I agree with that. I, because, I think that's all on the teacher. But I, I just think that there's a point at which you you have to give up you have to start generalizing more and more and more and more and more. Alright, back up for a second. I think that teaching people how to practice a home practice in a public classroom. And what you're talking about like is a home practice, like your practice, cultivating your practice, not home, but your yeah. practice. That is a very different skill and a different job than, than teaching a public experience. fucking class. Yeah. And it's not necessarily just the experience thing, but like, I just think that these are two different animals that for the sake of unrolled, we absolutely just have to always distinguish. Like I don't, see it as the role of every yoga no, 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 class to teach somebody how to practice. But, but the, Isn't that but, fucked? Isn't that fucked? That's, yeah, kind of, it's but fucked. The, the same process has to be embedded though. And all I'm saying is like, and, and this is what I've been trying to do with, with, uh, well, with some of the classes that I teach, um, is to come in and give like a brief context, like four ish points depending on the class, it's moderately different. Um, and, and sometimes I do it before meditation and sometimes I do it after meditation. It just depends on what, what's going on. Um, but after I do that, I feel like I can actually go into a mode of giving people an experience of a group class while still having planted the seed of this is where this is the experience that I want people to have is an experience of a process. And I think there can be differentiation between like, if people just want the experience of a yoga class that can be done and you can emphasize that. And then you can have an experience of teaching a set of curriculum. But even within teaching a, a course uh, that is a specific set of curriculum, it is helpful to have some aspect, obviously, of practice embedded within that and have something that feels comfortable uh, and feels familiar, which is for most people, a group yoga class setting. So you have to use that setting, that experience to 
stabilize the, you know, detail of the curriculum. Is this making sense? I get the stabilize. You need yeah. like the tent poles, the framework. Yeah. It, yes. And, yeah. and the container. If they have a familiar framework, then you can, you can go about teaching the very specific concepts that you want to teach. Uh, but I still think that there's a point at which um, we actually have to begin actively distinguishing these things. Because I do want people to be able to go in and have the experience of just going straight through lead primary series or going through, uh, you know, a, a typical Iyengar series. I actually think the Iyengar method would be very helped, uh, you know, by having a class that was less, um, uh, you know, a barrage of detail and more just a, like, where I'm going to take you through the typical sequence. But I feel like in that method, that is meant to be done on their own. That's why in all of his books, there are home practice sequences. At all of the studios, there are home practice sequences. Um, you know, but there does have to be some, some balance of, of, uh, a space to actually learn the forms and learn the process, and then a place to have the experience of being in a group practicing yoga together. Um, and I think it would be helpful if those things were Like right now, we really don't have the other thing because it's still an immature culture. The thing that, that is holding that place is teacher training, mm -hmm. but teacher training skips the step of actually learning oftentimes and goes to learning how to teach. Because Without when, learning how to inquire. Without, yes. Process on your yeah. own. Okay, I agree with that. So come take my yoga studies course next year. It starts in January. <laughs> can I do it remotely, Ryan? Yeah, uh, you can. Someday. <laughs> I was going to make a pitch for if somebody was in California and wanted to practice with you. You got to do that. You got to build that in somehow. Because I don't know if you know, but the internet. <laughs> <laughs> Period. Mic drop. <laughs> Period. End of sentence. I don't know. So long story short, next week we have to check in on my rage, um, on my return to public teaching rage. Remember, anger is often just sadness. Yes, it is. It is. And also I have to remember back bay yoga doesn't exist anymore. Yes. And that's, that's, and that's what okay. It is. That's, that's okay. That's okay. Um, it's not great, but it's okay. <laughs> it's not great, but I'm really feeling it's, um, and what's there, there's still some really cool things there. I am still really thrilled with my colleagues and what they're doing. Um, and there is some great yoga happening there for sure that I'm proud to be a part of, but I miss, and I, and I recognize now and I'm starting to mourn the loss of, of what the yoga community lost when it lost back yoga and what we actually lose when larger companies come in and yeah. yeah, because I'm, and I'm not talking shit about yoga works. Like if somebody from yoga works is hearing this and now wants to fire me, 
I hope you don't because it, this is just what happens. It's it's an inevitability yeah. uh, for any company that does this. It's not yeah. unique to YogaWorks. They've done a lot uh, to try to maintain, but it, yeah, know, this is just a it, different. It, it, it's a yeah. different. It now when I look around the landscape of Boston Yoga, it's not like this is the only place it's happening. Yeah, you know, like I look at all of the studios and I'm like, I. What was that sound? You know, so yeah. now it's the return to like, okay, yeah. so you have to you have to look harder now for yeah stuff. You have to but look harder. I, I I would actually contend that that might be that that might just be happening all over the place. Yeah. Because I was having a really hard time in Chicago looking for a class to go go to, um, besides the Iyengar class, um, which I already knew I was going to go to. Uh, and uh, there wasn't much that uh, intrigued me. Um, there were a few teachers that I that I had had practice with when I was there and I saw their classes, but a lot of the classes that they had on the schedule were like labeled vigorous. And I know that in my head, I knew that like their version of vigorous is probably not what I'm thinking, but I decided not to go to the class because it was called vigorous. And I didn't want to practice. I don't want to practice yoga in a way that's vigorous. I don't want to practice vigorous yoga. Says Ryan Cunningham. Yeah, I get it. But that's interesting. Yeah. <sighs> oh, Kate. Oh, Ryan. It would be lovely to do this in person one day. <laughs> we will. That day will come. Um, Though it is much nicer to do it in the studio. Feel much less. Well, if you allow me to come to your class with an 11-week-old... That would be fun. I bet your students would appreciate that. I'm sure they would. You can you can come and uh, Frankie. You can come and teach her with Frankie strapped to your. <laughs> and here's the thing: I have like a seventy percent chance that it would go great. Yes, that she would just be asleep. Yes. But that thirty chance, that thirty percent, Ryan, that thirty percent chance means I'm changing a shitty diaper while trying to like keep people in fucking Arkansas. <laughs> no, 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 it's fine. Three more breaths. No, we are gonna do it different on this side. Yeah, you are gonna hold it for like two minutes longer on the left. This is intentional. This is intentional. Shh, baby, shh, 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 you're fine. Oh, that's right. Front to back, white. Front to back. Um, <laughs> Should that be the name of the episode? Wipe front to back. To back. Yes. <laughs> yes. I, I support that. Um, okay. So uh, this has been unrolled. Yes, it certainly has been. And for anybody I offended today, I, you know, if uh, about anything I said, like, I'm sort of sorry. Feel free to call me out. Um, I gotta get over that. I'm gonna offend someone. That's fine. Yes, you are. We all are. Yeah. It's an unfortunate fact of life. If I made you feel feelings, 
I hope they were good ones. <laughs> Almond Joy's got nuts. Mounds don't. All right, I gotta go put on some nipple cream and wash my armpits. I smell like cheese. I, I have to you shower know, too. Breast milk when it ate, breast milk when it ages smells like cheese. I did not know that. No. So upsetting. I I have to shower because <laughs> not because you said that, but because I haven't showered yet today, and I have to meet down at Berkeley like in an hour and a half. Which... All right, hop to it. Um, if you find it in your heart to donate a dollar or so, we have a Patreon account um, that'll keep us recording. I mean, we're working on getting the overhead for producing this nonsense uh, paid. So we appreciate that if it's in your heart and within your means and you're interested. Head, there's a there's a link. And uh, <laughs> we're, on, we're on Facebook. And I'm really enjoying you trying to do this right now. This is really nice. I like right. this. <laughs> we're on Facebook and Instagram and we will not spam you. We like make a random appearance every now and again. Don't worry. You probably won't even see it. Come check it out. <laughs> if you have friends you think might enjoy this, pass it along. And most importantly, if you have any comments or there's anything you'd like to cover or anything uh, at all, you just want to connect with us, shoot us an email. And that email of, is? Uh, unrolledpodcast at gmail.com. Um, I would like to, I probably should have said this at the beginning. Um, it's been a while since we've had uh, a, a slew of questions from somebody. So I think it would be fun if you've made it this far into the recording uh, to just uh, send a question and we will compile questions and do kind of an ask us anything episode in the beginning of December sometime. Yes. So, yeah. Send us questions. Just one, though. Everybody, everyone gets one question. So Whatever. Make it you, good. you got more than that in your heart. I'm just kidding. If you, you, send, you got more than that in your send heart. Send us as many questions as you want. We will we will try to answer as many of them as we can. We will. All right. Bye. Bye.